time for Love Talk with the lovelies, Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie. We love talking today about women in the word, heroes, and harlots. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davison, and we are in the studio here at the bridge. And it's an exciting day today as we open the doors to see what it is that the Lord is going to share with us today. In the studio is our sweet, sweet coach friend. <laughs> Hi, Miss Evelyn. Yes, this is Coach Carrie Brinkater. It is a beautiful time in Texas, and God is working here as we lead with love across Texas, across America, and across the world, because you can listen anywhere, Miss Evelyn, on the Bridge app. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can download that on your phone. What a beautiful, beautiful day we have. And we have our awesome friend, Miss Kathy Enderbrock, on the line. Hi, Kath. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Evelyn. It's so fantastic to be here with you today. I wish I was sitting right across from you and not calling in from Boise, Idaho, but this is going to do for today, for today, and I'm just so happy to be with our listeners on this Saturday. Women in the Word, Women of the Word. This is the series that we are in uh, as we progress through January and February here on Love Talk with the Love Ladies. What on earth have we been talking about? So many awesome things. We have talked about Eve, the beginning. Mm, yeah, that one I was named for. <laughs> <laughs> You're the beginning, Miss Evelyn, of many things in Austin, that is for sure. Today, heroines and harlots. Oh my goodness! The Bible is full of amazing stories. You don't you don't even need to watch a, a television. Just just read the Word because the stories <laughs> are incredible. Are absolutely incredible. Our verse for the day: Proverbs thirty one twenty five. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. <laughs> strength and dignity, Miss Evelyn. <laughs> You're laughing. Those are powerful words. God created women to be strong, to be resilient, to be partners, not weak or helpless. Do you hear that, friends? We are meant to look at the days to come and not fret but laugh. We are not to be shaken, but we are to shake things up. We are looking at the women of the Bible and what they teach us as women of today. Mm. Right, Miss Evelyn? I mean, Mm. for our men out there... Stay tuned because you will learn valuable things about women as you listen and have fun with us today and each week in this series. Miss Evelyn, what, what's been going on in your world these, this last week? Busyness. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not money, but business, trying to get everything done. That You know, this is an exciting time of the year. We uh, uh, Yesterday we had the inauguration at the Capitol, and mm-hmm. Van and I both have had e- uh, cedar fever. Now, some of our friends won't know what that is, but <laughs> others will. And so we didn't go this year. First time in, I would say, 20 years we've missed an inauguration. Wow. But, you know, we took it all in, and it was just great. And uh, we've, we've got some activities we'll be doing with the governor and, and Ms. Abbott, and we're excited about that. And, you know... Um, when I was thinking about all this today, coming in, uh, we were talking about mentoring women, but we're mentoring men as well, Miss Kay. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are. And, you know, our men um, are fierce, and they love us so well. And, and I'm so interested today to talk about the power mm-hmm. that we hold as women and how we can use that for good. Yes. And his spiritual powers as mm-hmm. well as physical. Um, I'm, you know, not as physical as I used to be. <laughs> but 
you know, like this morning, I when I was getting things together to come, I had a pastor call me, mm-hmm. and he said, "Can we pray?" And Aww. he told me, you know, it when you look at where God plants you, sometimes you bear fruit, and sometimes you just grow leaves, mm. you know. And so I I am really excited about how we're going to be looking not just today, but in the weeks to come, uh, Kathy, at who it is. That God wants us to be. Who did he make us to be? I read something yesterday. It said when you're feeling like you're in a dark place, uh, buried, you know, where, where you feel buried, maybe you're not buried. Maybe you've been planted. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. Wow, that that's, is good. That's an incredible way to look at things, especially as we, we go through our day-to-day lives and sometimes we just feel overwhelmed. You know, that's not necessarily being buried boy where where are you planted where are you planted is can you turn that dark place into something else so so kathy wow we know that you're planting seeds all over you are you're embarking on this last part of your senior senior year for your oldest daughter uh you have grand adventures ahead yeah, you know, Carrie, when Evelyn was talking about mentoring women and and uh, mentoring and encouraging Men, you know, looking back, I've spent the last 18 years mentoring uh, these three daughters. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband and I really kind of pouring into them. And, and I think what you said is right. You know, sometimes when you find yourself in a dark place, instead of feeling buried, take the perspective that maybe you're, you were planted. And the, the fastest way to bloom is to grow some roots. And mm-hmm. so, you know, yes. at some points in our in our life, we just need to grow roots down deep into God's word that he can really bloom us and grow us. And sometimes we'll be leaves so that we can be a shade where other people can rest. And sometimes we're going to produce fruit where other people can be nourished and, and, and revived. And, you know, in, in mentoring these girls and one of the principles that I just love about this women in the word series is Eric and I have taken this, um, this kind of a life perspective with them uh, you know, God's principle about in their future, um, if and when they do get married, there's this beautiful thing that God does where he says the two come together and God will make them into one. Mm. And we tell the girls, OK, girls, the principle of two means that you have to have a whole and a whole. And in order to start with two. And so as you're growing and developing, you have to be a whole person. You have to be able to stand on your feet with uh, spiritually, physically, responsibly in order to go out there and be a strong partner, uh, an equal partner. You need to be a whole person. And, you know, we've really uh, kind of uh, told them, exposed this lie that the world teaches us that a half and a half make a whole, that somehow you need to find that person who completes you in order for you to have a successful relationship. And I think we're seeing this with this Women in the Word series, that we want these strong, dignified uh, women that can laugh at the days to come, who are not shaken, who don't fret over the future, uh, but can get in there and laugh and have a blast and shake things up. That's the kind of women that we want to be. Those are the kind of women we want to raise. Well, these women are in the Bible and are great examples for us as women of today. The Bible has tales of courage and strength as well as tales of women who um, mix things up with manipulation and scheming Mm -hmm. and lies. 
These are not tall tales. They're true stories. And in some of these stories, we get kind of general glimpses of what's going on during the time period. And in some stories, we get the nitty gritty. And we have got one of those today. We see God lifting up women into positions of power and influence, as well as exposing those who would seek to deceive and destroy. So last week, Kathy, with Eve, uh, we talked about so many things with Eve. What, what were some things you learned last week? Wow, Eve was such an eye-opener for me, Carrie. You know, this one thing that, that you had researched and shared with, um, with Evelyn and I, this principle of this, there's a scripture that you shared with us. You pulled it out of Genesis chapter 2. It was verses 18 through 20. And um, it, it was this. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the human to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Um, but for the human, no suitable helper was found. And so God basically set out to make a helper for Adam. And when we look at this in terms of Eve, who was that helper that God made, um, you know, we always think that's that passive kind of uh, meek and mild type person. And yet when, you know, you shared this with us, Carrie, this word help helper in Hebrew is the word azer. It's spelled E-Z-E-R, but it's pronounced azer. And it has nothing to do with a weak or helpless or lesser uh, type of person, but it, it is used in the context of a vitally important and, 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 and very powerful acts of rescue and support. And this word was used um, twice in the context of the first woman, Eve, and three times it was used um, at, talking about people who were helping or failing to help in life-threatening situations and and this is what got me 16 times this word helper is used in direct reference to God as a helper and you shared with us Carrie this Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2 it says i lift up my eyes to the hills to the hills where does my help come from my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth and this same help is the help that god intended eve to be when he made her and that blew me away and completely changed mm -hmm. my perspective of what I was intended to be for Eric as a helper, not a passive, weak person, but a vital, powerful partner. At, what about you, Carrie? What From last week, we just did so much last week, and that show is up in our archives for our listeners. What, did you, what was that one thing that you took away last week, Carrie, that kind of changed your perspective? I tell you what, for me, it was that, you know, Adam and Eve were created as adults, and even though God had told them about the word evil, um, they had never experienced evil. And so when the serpent appeared to Eve, she had never experienced mm -hmm. evil. And I, I just, I found that to kind of slap me in the face. You know, okay, Eve, you'd never experienced evil, but it, it's, it slapped me for a different reason in that, you know, sometimes maybe I or my kids, we make up these excuses about why we did something that was mm -hmm. not in God's will. Well, you know what, Eve, just like Eve, we have all the tools that we need to, to stay in God's will. We make choices 
otherwise sometimes. You know, the Bible gives us all the tools that we need in order to stay in his will and stay in his word. And uh, it's our free will that messes us up. And so I, I think that really slapped me there is that there, there really is not an excuse um, as we move forward and, and walk this, this path with God, continually seeking to be in his word and to be in his way. Oh, my goodness, friends, when we return to Love Talk after these messages, we're going to look at heroines and harlots, Deborah and Delilah. <laughs> they are in stark contrast to one another. Let's find out what they teach us as women of today and men stay tuned to find out how you can support and understand your woman right after these messages here on Love Talk. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk Radio, The Bridge, Austin. You have found the love, ladies, right here on 1120 AM, 101 FM. What a great way to spend your Saturday afternoon. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, Miss Evelyn Davison, and Kathy Inderbrock here. What a what a fantastic day as we talk about heroines and harlots on Love Talk. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, we, we just finished up talking about Eve and how she really opened our eyes to some things last week what what was something that you learned about Eve last week right before we move into Delilah and Deborah well the fact that he has a plan but more than Mm. anything he knew us before we knew ourselves Mm. he knew us he had a plan for us and when you think about that, he des- as he designed Eve, he's still doing that today with women of today. And it's exciting to be able to see that with our own eyes and know that God has a place for each one of us in his, in his thing called eternity. And, you know, we love to talk about that because women of the Word uh, in this series especially relates us to women who came before us that we can learn lessons from and and really just practical things that will help us be what it is that he's designed us to be. And, you know, we provide men with a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think one of the greatest things that we're able to give is um, valuable insight. You know, they think on a different track than we think so many times. Mm -hmm. And that we can stand up and know that God has made us as well as he's made our husband. And that he will use us and bless us and pour out on all of us, our our household, our nation, our city, in ways that we will have the benefit of knowing that we're made by him. And he made us. He loves us. He keeps us. He cares for us. And someday we're going to be back in that position where we can see who he is and and experience the love, the real love that he has for us. It's great that God made us think differently than men. I mean, my husband's insight on things is so often very different than mine and so valuable. But on the flip side of that, I I give him insight into things that he would never even think of. Um, And that's exactly how God designed us. All right, Miss Kathy, this week, lessons from the heroine Deborah and the harlot Delilah. That is so fantastic. And I tell you, Deborah is one of my all-time favorite women in the Bible. I mean, aside from Queen Esther, uh, Deborah is actually one of the most powerful women to ever rule in the Old Testament. And um, and a lot of our listeners, you're going to be familiar with Esther. She ruled as queen after the fall of Israel. Uh, she was queen of the um, Persian Empire with uh, King Xerxes. 
But now before Queen Esther, before Israel had fallen uh, to the Persians, Deborah ruled as judge over Israel. And so this is even uh, before King David. Um, and so you're actually going to find the story of Deborah in Judges chapters 4 and 5. Um, that's towards the beginning of your Bible. I think it's maybe like the sixth or seventh book in. And so it's just, it, it's so unique. We will talk about Queen Esther in the future weeks, but we're going to talk about, about Deborah uh, to, to, uh, this week and um, really see what we can learn from her. So I want to introduce her to you. And the, the easiest way for me to introduce her, Carrie and Evelyn, is if I just read through the, the, the scripture in verses 1 through 9 in chapter uh, 4 of Judges. And it really gives a really good outline of Deborah, the time that God had placed her in, the situation that God had placed her in, and what her response was. So, uh, you know, listeners, just enjoy this quick passage. Um, all right, it, here we start in verse 1 of Judges 4. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, because Sisera, the commander of the army, had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. They cried to the Lord for help. Now, Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. She was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, says the Lord, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops into the Kishon River, and I will give them into your hands. Barak responded and said to Deborah, If you will go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, Excuse I me. won't go. Excuse me. And, <laughs> and Deborah replied, Certainly, I will go with you. Just This is just a fantastic, fantastic a picture, we get the details of where they're at, the word that God gave, the position that Deborah was in, um, the response from from a very powerful man in Israel, and the fact that he said, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not going into battle unless you come with me. And then she says, yep, I'll do it. I'll go. And so, uh, Carrie Evelyn, so here's the end of the story. Basically, they um, they go into battle. And they completely defeat the entire army, including the commander Sisera, including Jabin, the king of the Canaanites. And Deborah ushers in a period of 40 years of peace for all of Israel. A just brilliant, brilliant, true story from the history of Israel, seeing how God works with his people and, and how he lifts up women to uh, positions of influence. All right, Carrie, Evelyn, I need your help on this. From, from looking through this scripture and reading this, what, what are our takeaways from Deborah? Well, I love Deborah. God, God chose her. I think that's the first thing to, to remember here. He chose her as a judge. 
And in this time period, you did not become a judge unless God chose you as a prophet. God chose you. He makes it clear in Deuteronomy how this will go down. He says in Deuteronomy 13 and Deuteronomy 18 and those chapters, he makes it clear that prophets were chosen by God to speak his word. And the other, I mean, I find this incredibly interesting that Deborah only did what she was called by God to do. Mm-hmm. She didn't say, oh, but God, I, I have some more things I want to do um, in addition to what you're telling me to do. I, I, I think I know what's going on here with these people. <laughs> no, she did exactly what God told her to do. She didn't try to add to it. She didn't try to take away from it. She fits God's definition of a woman as vital, as a powerful helper, much better than how we've kind of warped this definition of helper in Western culture to mean a passive, weak helper. Deborah was strong. If you think about this male-dominated society, God said, "Mm, Deborah, I want you to do this for the Israelites and ushered in 40 years of peace. As a prophetess, Deborah knew God's word. She knew it forward and backward, and she was able to understand that she was to do what God asked her to do, nothing more, nothing less. Now we do see that Deborah was married. Um, You know, not that we have to be married, but it's interesting that Deborah is married. I often kind of wonder how her husband, Lapidoth, felt about marrying such a powerful and strong I'm sure he was proud. (laughs) I bet he was proud. I bet he was proud. I know that there's, if there's any time I've ever done anything to be proud of, my husband is incredibly proud of me. Um, As a judge, Deborah had a keen sense of right and wrong, and she led her people through this. Um, The people, she led them through this, and she was very well respected. And revered among the people. When she sent for people, they came. Like she sent for Barack and he came. And he said, what, what's up, Deborah? What do you need me to do? And boy, he wanted to do it with her. And that just speaks volumes about the respect and the reverence that these people had for her. What else, Miss Evelyn? What else does Deborah teach us? Well, the thing is that they were cruelly oppressed. Oh, yeah. I mean, that may be measured by the the experiences they had when they were in the, you know, in prior generations. And it had become such a tight coalition against Israel that it took something very special to break that. Mm. And one of the things that Deborah did is that she said, everything I do comes from the Lord. She knew him well enough to know that she could do what he called her to do and equipped her to do. But even more as important as anything was the people trusted her to raise a woman up to be a judge Mm. in a time when Israel was the weakest probably it ever was. And so one of the things that she did is that she did the sweetest thing. She, She led all of Israel in singing and in praise and saying, God did something because he loves you. I, I, I love that part. I mean, she, even though she was this powerful, powerful woman, after um, her her leadership, she remembered to grab the people and say, hey, let's give thanks back to God. Let's sing these praises back mm-hmm. to God. You know, something else that I really respect about Deborah is the people didn't come to her to gossip. 
I mean, they'd come to her for the latest gossip, like, hey, Deborah, did you hear what's going on? <laughs> and Deborah didn't stir up trouble. I, I feel like um, throughout my adult life, and even when I was younger, I didn't want to be around people that were messy. That's how my basketball girls would say it, messy people. I didn't. I don't want. I don't like being around people that stir up trouble, and that create drama. And Deborah didn't do that. Deborah stayed true to God's word. She wasn't a gossiper, and she found a way to resolve things. And I think that's an important lesson for us, Miss Evelyn, as women, mm-hmm. right? We we do like to talk about our problems. We do, right? Um, but are we are we seeking a solution as we talk about those problems, or are we just talking and stirring things up? There's a huge difference. And there's a lady named Delilah that did that that really well. Oh, she did, <laughs> Kathy. When we return to Love Talk, listening friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll start talking about Delilah, <laughs> the, the the very opposite of Deborah. Uh, Delilah likes to stir up trouble. You might know you might know somebody like this in your life. You will want to stay tuned to the Love Ladies right here on Love Talk, The Bridge, Austin. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the Love Ladies here on Love Talk at The Bridge. What a beautiful, wonderful day we have here. We don't want to forget to remind you uh, that our sponsors are amazing. Many of these sponsors have been with Miss Evelyn here on Love Talk for 30 years. So we would encourage you uh, when things um, come up to, to look up our sponsors and to use those because they are friends and they will treat you right. Oh, heroines and harlots here on Love Talk. <laughs> I love this series, gals. I just got to tell you, this just women in the Bible. It's so empowering to know that God gave women this incredible gift, um, a gift that we can choose to use for good or we can choose to use for destruction or manipulation. Kathy, we just talked about Deborah, the judge. She was a very powerful woman who ushered in 40 years of peace for the people of Israel when really they had been oppressed, brutally oppressed, um, for decades before Deborah. And God just anointed her in a way that was so amazing that she was revered and respected by the people. What, and that's, I think, what all of us seek is reverence and respect. And how we go about that um, is very important. We find Delilah trying to seek some type of respect through very different means. Right, Kathy? Yeah, you know, I love that God gives us uh, all of these role models in his word, like Deborah, like Esther, like Ruth, all of these incredible women that we're learning about in this series. But I love almost even more that he gives us these very clear examples and details about these women that he says, I don't want you to be like this. I don't want you to become this. I don't want you to be motivated by this. And you need to make a a very conscious choice about how you're going to choose to live. Kathy, Carrie, Evelyn, we have to choose. Do we want to um, mirror our lives and become like Deborah? Or do we want to mirror our lives and become like Delilah? Because we're going to see Delilah was successful in what she set out to do. Uh, But she set out to destroy 
others. And ultimately, it was incredibly fatal for her people. Whereas Deborah set out to follow God's word, to be obedient to God's word, and to go and encourage his people not to talk about gossip, not to create problems, but to resolve problems. And so, you know, a lot of times in God's word, he, he gives us a multitude, multitude of warnings about uh, being or becoming or joining in with deceptive, immoral, or manipulative individuals, manipulative women, manipulative men. Um, but in this story of Delilah, rather than just a general warning, we get the nitty gritty look at how one woman in particular operates and, and how she skillfully lures and manipulates and deceives. And so, friends, you can find this story of Delilah in Judges 16. Again, that's in your Old Testament. And it, it, it's this story of a very strong man who was set apart by God being overcome by a deceptive woman. And so, you know, I think not only is this a warning for men, but it is a warning for, for women, showing us how easy it is to kind of fall prey. When we look on TV, you know, deceptive house or not deceptive housewives, what is it called? Desperate housewives and, and such. And the type of manipulative tactics they use and deceptive tactics they use. God says, don't don't just stop right there that's not what i have called you to so i want to introduce delilah and and again just like with deborah the easiest way to introduce her is by reading the passage in scripture um, and really listening to god's words as he introduces her and kind of listening to what what god highlights with her and so i'm just going to read this very short short passage in judges 16 um the verses four and five and so here that is for you says, some time later, uh, he, that is Samson, fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Now the rulers of the Philistines went to Delilah and said, see if you can lure Samson into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so that we can tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So we see in this passage, um, Samson actually goes and visits Delilah after he had spent some time uh, with a, a Philistine prostitute. Now, we don't know that, that Delilah is, is a prostitute. It doesn't mm -hmm. call, call that out. And, and I would say, you know, we use this word harlot today in our, in, in our program. That doesn't necessarily mean prostitute. A harlot uh, just refers to someone who is a, kind of an immoral woman who doesn't uh, view... Uh, sex or, or, or intimate relationship with men uh, in a way that, that God would really deem holy and right. And so we see, we see in this passage, these rulers go to Delilah and they use this word lure. And it's such an interesting word. In Hebrew, this word is patha, and it means to entice or deceive, to persuade or flatter. And, and this is definitely right up Delilah's alley. This is what, what Delilah did. And we see as well that these men motivated Delilah with money. They said that each of them would give her 1,100 shekels of silver. Now, so that, that equates to about uh, $12,000, $12,500 that each of them would give Delilah. And we don't know how many of them were, we, there were, but we can imagine there were at least four who approached Delilah. That's a lot of money. And um, 
That's a lot of money. That's a lot that of is money. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think when Satan comes at us, when the enemy comes at us, when the world comes at us, it's going to try and use some pretty big incentives to get us to compromise our integrity, to get us to compromise uh, right and wrong. And, and money is a big factor in that. You know, maybe for, for some, 12000 wouldn't be enough or 60000 wouldn't be enough, but they might sell out for $2 million. We have to remember being rooted with integrity in God's word means we do not sell out to the, wor- to the world. Um, now, Delilah, the one thing I love about her is that she was persistent. <laughs> she, was, she did not give up easily. And so when we further read through Judges, we see that her first attempt at getting the truth out of Samson did not work out so well for her. And, uh, and her second attempt did not work out so well for her. It actually took her four attempts to find out the source of Samson's strength in order to betray him. And so she was persistent in her temptation. She may have had the motto, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, which might be some push ups. Yeah, you know, it might be a great model, motto, but, you know, not when, not when the ends are betraying. Uh, someone else. And, and so, um, we see that when in, in Delilah's tactics to lure and, and deceive and persuade, she succeeds at this by deceiving Salmon by doing two things. She twists the concept of love and she uses words at their most effective moment because she tells Samson, if you really love me, And so we can assume, you know, pretty safely that Samson and Delilah were likely engaging in activities of two people uh, who uh, were supposed to love each other and what those two people might be engaging in. Although Delilah, it had nothing to do with love, uh, but manipulation to get what she wanted. So Delilah continues in this with Samson and says, if you really love me, you will tell me the source of your strength. And, you know, Samson, in my opinion, he should have run the other way as soon as her first betrayal, but he didn't. And Delilah, we see he didn't. She had a really strong hold on him. And we can learn from this. Intimacy has a way of forming a very strong hold, mm-hmm. a very strong bond. And I think, you know, intimacy outside of a loving marriage, it, it is one of the quickest paths to complete bondage and I mean that's that's a good warning for both men and women you know the good news is is that intimacy in the context of a healthy marriage can hold you together through almost any storm but in this context here with Samson and Delilah it ended up being a bond uh, that really led to to the destruction of Samson you know a big lesson here um that I try to tell my children all the time, like you were talking about mentoring your girls, is, you know, you should never date anyone that you don't see as marriage material, right? Samson should have never gotten into this relationship with Delilah because he knew that this this was not going to uphold a standard for him, right? Sometimes we see that guy or that gal and we go, oh, yeah, I think I might want to date her or date him. And then we realize that that would not be in our best interest because they don't hold the same morals or ethics or values as we do. So if we start dating them, they're not marriage material, right? And so that's a, a big trap because we could end up falling in love with them. And then, uh, and then where, where do we stand? Well, Delilah was a master manipulator. And Miss Evelyn, last week, 
I, I you said some things, and as as we looked at this with Delilah, um, I wondered how a woman could lure such a strong man who was brought up fearing God. And I know Samson, he was far from innocent. You know, he was a little spoiled, rotten. His strength had kind of gone to his head at times. And, you know, how did Delilah get his attention in the first place? And then I remembered something that you mentioned in our program last week. And you said Satan appeared in a form that got Eve's attention. Mm -hmm. Well, girls, guys, women, men, women... We can get men's attention. We can. God made us that way. And <laughs> Satan always takes a form that, that will get our attention. And as women, we have to be very careful because God has beautifully shaped us into a form that will always get a man's attention. This is powerful stuff. You know, we can get attention almost effortlessly, Miss Evelyn, if we so choose. Mm -hmm. In our very form, we have immense power. If we are to fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has for us in being this powerful and vital partner, it is imperative that we use our appearance and our form wisely, modestly. Otherwise, we merely serve as a distraction like this blinking, flashing light, a lure to hook someone for all the wrong reasons. Friends, we're going to continue talking about Delilah when we return to, to Love Talk how are we using this amazing ability that God has given us? Are we using it for deception and man manipulation? Or are we using it to glorify our Creator? When we return to Love Talk, right after this. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. And the love, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Delilah, I tell you what. <laughs> oh, Samson. <laughs> oh, Samson. Um, <laughs> Delilah is a master manipulator. You know, uh, Kathy, Evelyn, friends, the first time I think I really thought about this concept of power um, was when I was at uh, Southwestern Coaching and I would, I, you know, attend events um, that were – uh, they were women's events, and they they were meant to kind of empower women, but they weren't they weren't always veiled under uh, the gospel, right? Under the gospel light, and and people were talking about women's power and kind of twisting the term to mean that you know we we can stomp on men, we're better than men, we 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 are you know we're just above them, and I, that, that's not that's not what God gave us power to do. He did give us a form that is very different than a man's form. And he gave us a form that can draw attention in ways that can be positive and negative. Right? And I, I know we all know people who, who use their form to draw negative attention or to draw any kind of attention that they, that they can get. But the Lord said, hey, 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 wait a minute. I want you to use that power to glorify me. Kathy, you wrote something in this that it kind of caused me to chuckle, but it's very astute. You said, if we step into a dress that is close to nothing, we are probably going to be stepping into a purpose that is close to nothing. <laughs> Love that. And I, 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 that is very, very true. You know, I, I am incredibly tall. My daughter is incredibly tall. And we go shopping and we, we get frustrated because 
the dresses that are on mm-hmm. the rack are built for people that are about five five, and uh, even those women that are that are tiny, those dresses are still going to be tiny on them. But when when my daughter and I put those on, boy, we <laughs> we look like nothing but legs, right? And um, and so for us, we've had to make this choice, right? Okay, how are we going to solve this problem and still dress in a way that we feel um, is appropriate, as well as you know where where we feel like we're we're pretty and not, um, you know, covered necessarily from head to toe, but we're still modest. And so this is a constant battle for us. My sweet girl will put something on and she'll be like, ah, I don't want to wear leggings with this. Let's find something else, right? And so we just, we make it work. And I, I think that's very appropriate, Kathy, what you said is, you know, the, the attention and the power that we draw and that Delilah was trying to draw from Samson, and, and, and she did. She was successful. I find it incredibly interesting that in Judges sixteen sixteen it says, With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. Friends, how are you using the God-given power? How are we using that? Remember, God made us to be a helper to man, a helper, an equal, a one that comes along beside that is strong, that in a way has respect, just like Deborah. And so, you know, Miss Evelyn, as we look at this dichotomy, during the break you said something. It was not just about Samson and Delilah. It was about God and Satan. Mm Mm-hmm. What, is, what does that mean? Well, Fan and I uh, just um, last fall went to Branson, um, and we went to the Samson Theater. I mean, it's a theater where they have these big productions. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're sitting in the middle of the city, and all of that is built around you. Mm. Uh, it's. Uh, have you been to... Uh, Kathy, have you done either any of those things in Branson? No, no, Evelyn, you know, my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law have, and I've uh, heard that they're just magnificent, but I have not. Well, one of the reasons I thought about that is the Jewish heritage. And earlier on, uh, Samson went a different direction than his parents did. And all through that pageant, it shows them chasing him to try to recover him, mm-hmm. which was a thing I had not thought of. You know, I thought, well, he's an old man, you know, he's got... Needs and easily for somebody to hold his hand or whatever. But, you know, as it began to develop, uh, you could see how it affected Samson so greatly. He wanted what he wanted, but he wanted to be free also. And because of this this uh, drive against him by the Philistines, you know, that, that's we got to get Samson. we got to get Samson. Uh, he, he was under guard to a certain extent. But then he was so cooperated so much in his own will that it became really dangerous for him. And so Delilah, during this time, had propositioned him. She had worked well, you know, all of her good things. And and so he would leave and go off, and his family wouldn't know where he was for mm-hmm. months. That's the way it was portrayed in in the uh, the event. One of the things that shocked me was the power that he really did have. And what God did to show him, he was using it for the wrong reason. Hmm. It's when he find when you know when she finally won her way, and she loomed his hair together, and that was really, uh, you know, effective. Uh, 
he and the whole city came down around him. The parts of it where the Philistines normally were, that, and it was kind of made to look that way. But one of the things that Samson did was when it came down, he went back home. Mm. After that, I mean, after he, he had lost his strength, he went back home. And so we, you know, they sort of presented it, I thought, as like a battle between God and Satan. Because his heart, I mean, he he never could get it right, it being a Hebrew. And it became just like a billboard in his life. And, you know, we find young people today that, you know, are raised or reared in the, in the church and know the love of the Lord Jesus. And then they get out in the world and these things just crowd in on them. Like, I've got a need. I've got a need. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he, you know, Samson's character before he met her was not all that good anyway. So, but it is so empowering that presentation that you feel like you're there, and the smoke comes down. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of it with uh, computers. I don't know how they do it, <laughs> but I mean, it looks like you think any minute I'm going to leave, I'm going to lose my life here. It's <laughs> that dramatic. And so, when we when we think about Samson, we ought to have to think about who it was that was driving him in the air of his emotions and everything about him and his strength that uh, he had really removed from God's uh, God's protection because God gave him the freedom to make that decision. And, well, and I and think Evelyn, he, I was going to say, you know, I love that you put this in, in terms of a battle, you know, that, it, you know, I think a lot of people would say, oh, there's a battle for your soul. Well, I, I think, yes, there's a, there's a battle for your soul, but there's a battle for your life as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. when we're looking at these two uh, very contrasting lives of Deborah and of Delilah that God very much wanted us to know about, as Carrie pointed out, um, Delilah, she was nagging, nagging, nagging. So her words, you know, brought Samson, you know, kind of to the point of death. I mean, I think that's a little bit of a of a exaggeration, but it definitely um, communicates how Samson was feeling. Like he could not handle any more nagging, mm-hmm. and and you know nagging is a form of manipulation. So we see Delilah, Delilah luring with her body, manipulating with her words, and you know then in contrast we see Deborah. She was willing to put her physical. Uh, life at risk by going into battle and instead of manipulating with her words she solved problems with her words she encouraged people with her words she spoke God's word to others that's how she used her words and and in this whole series we look at this choice that each of us have what are we going to do with our life we when we talk Mm -hmm. about being a love lady here on love talk you know, love lady in, you know, if you if you go and tell someone on the street, hey, are you a love lady? You know, they might get this <laughs> on their face and think that you're talking about a love lady of the night. But what we're talking about is being a love lady of light. And that is a conscious choice we have to make each day to be the Deborah and not be the Delilah. Well, you know, Satan convinces us, Kathy, that... Our capacity for love does not flow from our heart, but it flows from our body. And, you know, that that's it's a twisted way to look at how God has created us. And that is Satan trying to convince us of something that is simply not true. 
There is nothing that has been twisted uh, by Satan that God cannot straighten out, set right, redeem, and restore, friends. Let me say that again. There is nothing that has been twisted by Satan. Your marriage, your 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 ability to look at yourself, how God looks at you, your family relationships, your relationship with your children. There's nothing that Satan has twisted that God cannot set right, redeem, and restore. What, what a powerful way to think about that. Even in Samson's weakness, God still used him. God still used him. And it's just Kathy said, we're meant to be these love ladies of light that are showing Jesus through mm. our actions and our words. Let's be more like Deborah, Miss Evelyn, where we just press into God's word. A woman who others come to for advice and counsel, not for gossip. Not for gossip. I actually got a phone call in the car one time, and my daughter was in a car with me. And it was this woman, and all of a sudden, she started gossiping. And I I literally just shut her down. I said, you know what? I'm not going to go there with you, mm-hmm. and if you'd like to call me at some other time and talk about something that, uh, in a way that you're finding a solution, I'd be happy to talk with you, but I will not head down this path. And my daughter, her mouth fell open, and she just cracked up. She's like, yeah, but that's so. That's what God calls us to do, mm-hmm. is to be a woman that people want to come to for advice and not for gossip, and that let's be aware, ladies and men, of our immense power that our physical form possesses and guard it rather than exploit it. Let's step into the purpose that God has for us rather than the lies the world would sell us. Social media tries to sell us lies, friends. Step into the purpose that God has for us, not believing those lies. And let's be the heroine, the vital, powerful woman that God has designed us to be. Women in the Word and women of the Word. What great lessons they are teaching us. Friends, you will not want to miss next week's installment of Women in the Word as we look how God created us and how we can come right along those men that love us to be who God made us to be. Thanks for joining us here on Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkgater. For my friends Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock, we'll see you next week.